Finally Enough is dedicated to cultivating a new way of living, going from busyness, achievement, stress, resentment, and perfectionism to stillness, flow, purpose, and peace. Here, soak up the beautiful truth that you don't have to strive to become enough. Instead, practice recognizing that you already are. Hello, and welcome back to Finally Enough. I'm your host, Anna Wickham, and if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm glad you're here, and if you're returning, I'm also glad you're here. Um, If you don't know me, I'm Anna Wickham, and I help people overcome emptiness, anxiety, and feeling just generally unsafe in their bodies through trauma healing, reparenting, and spirituality. And if some of that is unfamiliar to you, you may have more of a sense of that after today's episode. And today's episode, uh, I did not choose, it chose me. And that is because uh, it came from a post I recently posted on TikTok that resonated with a lot of people like thousands and thousands of people. So if it resonates with you, you are very much not alone. And so I wanted to explore this. The podcast just gives me an opportunity to explore these things. It gives us an opportunity to have these conversations and discuss things more in depth. There was a lot to it. So what that, let me tell you what that post was and what it was about, and we will get into it here momentarily. So here's the post that started it all. It said, if you had to turn off your own needs and desires as a child because it interfered with your caregiver's needs or desires, you will not know how to turn on your authentic self as an adult. And when you try, you will experience anxiety because it was not safe to do so in your childhood. that is loaded and so as you can see there's a lot to talk about so we're going to talk today about reconnecting with your authentic self and it's amazing how much this resonated with people because authentic self it sounds kind of esoteric but what's interesting is I feel that so many people resonated with that like what I mean is they knew exactly what that meant and they knew that that applied to them So this notion of the authentic self, it's so important. So before we get into that, though, I have a very, very exciting announcement to make, and that is I am launching a new program called Reparenting You, all about the reparenting process. So let me back up a little bit because if you've been listening, you know that I have previously had a program called Free to Be. And Free to Be was all about overcoming overwhelm, burnout, anxiety, over busyness, busy addiction, in order to find freedom to be your authentic self. And so if this program interested you, do not fear because reparenting you is essentially an expanded version of free to be, meaning it goes through the same type of healing modalities and the same kind of solution that I have found in my own journey. And the reason I changed kind of from free to be to reparenting you, this new program that is on a wait list right now, it is not currently launched, but it will be launched very soon. And the reason I did that was because here's the deal. When we have unresolved childhood trauma, we have unresolved trauma, we have learned to use some unhelpful behaviors to cope with the pain that lives within us. And there's all different kinds of ways that we cope with that, whether it's through, like with me, it was alcohol and workaholism, but for others of us, it's keeping a busy social calendar. It could be uh, shopping, gambling. It could be our phones. Let's just get really real. Our phones. How much do we scroll through social media when really we need to be feeling into what's going in, on inside of us? And instead, it's easier to just keep scrolling through Instagram. I have been there. That's how I know it is not just you. 
and or Netflix, Netflix binging. It gives us a world to go into. And there's so much more than just addiction and there's so much more than just keeping busy. I feel keeping busy is such an under like underrated way that we cope with the pain inside and and the way that we bypass our healing because it was the only way we learned how we didn't learn the tools to be there for ourselves we didn't learn the tools to regulate our emotions to calm our anxiety to be able to face our fear and soothe ourselves through that so that's why we go to these different ways of coping it's because those are the tools that we were given. We don't even know we're doing it. All we know is that we feel anxious all the time. We feel empty. If we stop moving, we feel antsy. We got to move. We got to move. We got to be with people. Let me call someone. Let me text someone. Um, all we know is that feeling of just like, of just like overwhelm and anxiety, depression, emptiness, feeling lost. And so that's why I started Reparenting You and why I wanted to create that program because it includes all the different ways, not just some, but all the different ways that we, uh, we use, that we learned to use to bypass the true healing journey, the way that things really will finally be enough for us when we won't just need that next thing, that next relationship, you know, what have you that next addiction, that next um, goal in life to be met in order to feel like we're enough and that we have enough. So Reparenting You addresses all the different ways, whether for you that's alcoholism, workaholism, um, social media, Netflix, binging, whatever, staying busy, keeping whatever it is, Reparenting You is for you. It's for you if you want to learn to gain the tools to truly be there for you that you may not have gained uh, in your childhood and in your upbringing. And so that's why I'm excited about launching Reparenting You. Reparenting You goes through five steps that work in so many different situations, whether it's a relationship issue or a conflict or being completely triggered AF be feeling anxious, feeling depressed, whatever it is, these five steps are what I found in my journey to be, to be the answer. And I will straight up tell you what they are right now really quickly before we get into the topic. Uh, the first one, and we will actually use this in our topic today. So the first of these five steps that you'll learn in Reparenting You is awareness how to become aware when you are using these, these uh, coping behaviors to cope rather than truly being there for yourself. Um, when to be aware when you're triggered. It's so easy to get triggered and then just we got to go on. We got to keep working. We got to show up. We got to pretend like everything is okay. So learning the tool of awareness is step one. Step two is detachment setting aside the distractions and addictions that we just talked about that get in the way of us doing the healing work. Step three is reparenting. Reparenting is the crux, the whole meat. That's like the main dish of reparenting you. That's where all the good stuff happens. Can't happen without steps one and two. But step three is reparenting. And that's where we learn to be be with ourselves, be there for ourselves in every situation, every situation in ways that maybe others weren't there for us in the past because they didn't know how. It's where we go back and look at um, some of the things that we, ways that we learn to treat ourselves and we undo that, that habit and that behavior and that choice and we make a different choice now with new tools to be able to calm our own nervous system, to be able to regulate our nervous system, bring ourselves back to being grounded and centered without needing a drink, without needing a Xanax, without needing um, your partner. It doesn't mean we don't need partners. But it means that we have the tools within ourselves to be able to, uh, to handle our own dysregulation. So step four is letting go of the outcome. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on today. In fact, I'm just going to 
hold off on that one because this is a perfect example um, that we're going to go through today. And then step five is coming back home to you, which is truly taking care of yourself. Not We're not even going to call it self-care because that actually like does a disservice. Yes, it's self-care, but it's way beyond self-care. It's bringing the attention back to you so that you can be back in your body and aware of what your body needs rather than compulsively focused outside of you, which is a survival mode response. So that's what we will cover in Reparenting You. You can learn more about Reparenting You and you can join the wait list at annawickham.com slash reparenting hyphen you. That's annawickham.com slash reparenting hyphen you. Super pumped about that, and um, yeah, you can get all the goodies there. So if that interests you, check it out. And now back to our topic today, which is reconnecting with our authentic selves. So we're going to cover what this means if we're not able to connect to our authentic selves. What does this mean? Where did this come from? Why this is a problem? Because many people feel that this is, I even had one person comment on TikTok and say, yeah, I always thought this was one of my greatest assets that I was just be able to like be a chameleon, just like be whatever anyone needs in the moment. And they didn't realize that this was a problem. So we're going to talk about why is that a problem? That sounds kind of good, right? We'll talk about why it's not. Um, And then we're actually going to talk about how to start to cultivate your sense of self, and reconnect with your authentic self. Literally, I'm going to give you how-tos. And hint, it will involve some of the above, but we're going to tailor it just for the specific situation. So let's get into it. What happened that we turned off our, our sense of self and our own authentic self? Well, this happens in our childhood where it, when we are young, before we are conditioned, we naturally show up as our authentic selves. That's how we show up in the world. It's who we are. How can we be anything different? It's who we are. We naturally show up as ourselves. But if we're in a home where that's not welcome for a variety of different reasons, then we are told, oh no, don't don't be like that. Be like this. Um, no, don't do that. Let me tell you exactly what to do. Do this, do this, this, this. We're told exactly what to do. We're kind of micromanaged in a way. And, um, no, don't be like that. Yeah, be yourself. No, but not like that. That's not right. That's not right. And so we keep trying to bloom. We keep trying to blossom. Imagine like a flower blossoming and then like it just, oh, not like that. Okay. And then it like closes back up. That is not how flowers work, right? And that is not how we're supposed to work either. But because we have consciousness, you know, because we're humans, we have the ability. It's actually a survival response. And if you're not familiar with this and you're hearing this and you're thinking, what are you talking about? A survival response. I thought survival was when you have no food to eat. Great question. I'm really glad you brought that up. So a survival response, because when we are children, we cannot take care of ourselves. Without adults to take care of us, we would die. And so as children, we instinctively know that we need to adjust to our surroundings in order to feel safe, in order to be safe. And so that means when our caretakers, the people that we rely on to stay alive, when they disapprove of how we are, then it is a survival response to show up differently. So I want to be clear on this because you didn't make a conscious choice back then. And that was another, I got a comment like that too. I don't remember making this choice. It's not a conscious choice. It's a subconscious choice that we make naturally. We don't have a choice. We adapt, we adapt, but there is a cost that comes later. But we survive because our psyche, our nervous system is just trying to help us survive. It's not trying to help us thrive, help us be self-actualized, help us fulfill the purpose that we were born to fulfill. No, no, no. It's just trying to literally get us out of childhood alive. And so that's what it does. It tells, we decided, oh, I can't be like this. It's not safe for me to be like this. And if you resonate with that part of the quote from earlier that 
you experience anxiety whenever you try to be authentically you then you experience anxiety if that's you then very likely that's what happened when you were a child you showed up as yourself authentically as you naturally were and then maybe you were punished for it maybe you were ridiculed or bullied for it and unfortunately that's really common and yeah I, I know a lot of parents view children as not as let me let me understand who you are let me help you understand who you are let me help you cultivate a strong sense of self that wasn't really the view of, of many parents they thought of their view as molding you into someone who was acceptable in the world so that you could do well for yourself so that you could survive um, and so they really often, not always, often they had good intentions. They were trying to mold you into the type of person who would do well so that you would later be able to be successful and make money and feed yourself. They really often, not always, meant well. But what this did was it caused you to, yeah, so instead of asking yourself, who am I? You started projecting that question outside of yourself and you started asking whoever you came across whoever you're with at the time who am I today who can I be for you who are you so I can know who I am today and that's where that chameleon comes from survival response so why that's a problem so later when we come we become an adult our nervous system doesn't get the message that I was almost going to say get the memo because like that's what people used to say in the 90s because there used to be like memos. Probably no one knows what a memo is. I barely even know what a memo is, to be honest with you. Uh, but anyway, I've got to stop saying that. Kind of like when I say get the 411, like literally kids 10, 15 years younger than me are like, what is 411? Anyways, um, okay, I digress. <laughs> get the message. What was I saying? Get the message. Okay, so our nervous system didn't get the message that, oh, it's okay, we're an adult now. Now, we don't have to be anxious every time we try to be ourselves, every, every time we try to express our authentic selves. Okay, there's not like a time, there's not an expiration date on it. Your nervous system learned to be afraid when you showed up as your authentic self. And so it still continues doing that unless we reparent, which means we go, we teach ourselves that it's safe now we teach our nervous system that it's safe now so going back to why this is a problem this is a problem because that is how we make every decision in our lives is by tuning into who we are tuning into what's right for us and then going out in the world okay so that's how i know who i'm going to be in a romantic relationship with that's how i know what friends are good friends for me because i'm tuned into me and what's right for me um, this activity this job this career this occupation um, these family members these friends this lifestyle which one is for me and so i believe this problem comes because we don't have that strong sense of self from which to make these decisions we're not in touch with our bodies our intuition and so when it comes time to make these decisions we could be maybe easily talked into doing something that isn't right for us because it's right for someone else that maybe make you think of your your family or some romantic relationships even careers careers is a huge one how many people get into careers even careers that require a lot of work and money and effort and energy and find to come to find out later that it's it's they did it for reasons that were not the right reasons so these are the risks of having this problem not being in touch with who you are if you don't know who you are how can you know what's right for you if you don't know what's right for you you become at risk of being used by people who would like to use you for their own purposes and so you know it's you are you become then kind of easy to manipulate and so people who are manipulative are attracted to people who are easy to manipulate and so 
hopefully that has not been the case, um, but it is a risk. And and by when I say manipulate, I could mean something on a very extreme level, like a narcissist, or I could mean something, it could also mean like on a very, like, like a less extreme level, like kind of like a manipulative friend, which is, is not good still, but you know, like it can even just be the little things, the little things, a friend who likes to do what they like to do and you go along with it because you're their friend, but it's kind of always you compromising, that kind of thing. So what this does is as an adult, when we have, what does it feel like when we are not in touch with our authentic selves? Well, a wide range of feelings, and I believe this is one of the biggest problems plaguing our society today. So some feelings that come to mind are um, resentment, which resentment is kind of a function related to envy in a way. So resentment, anger, you might just be angry deep down and you don't even really know why. You literally don't even know why. Um, A big one for me, because I've been here before, this is how I know this stuff. Like, Because I have been in all these places, I have been there. And a big one for me is emptiness, numbness, and feeling lost. Emptiness, numbness, feeling lost and you're just feeling purposeless so you kind of wonder like what is the point of life what like literally what am I here for because you feel almost like life isn't black and white it's dull because you are not paying attention to the things that light you up and so that does make life very dull and dark if you feel bored with life on the regular That is a sign that you are probably not in touch with your authentic self and you are not letting yourself give in to your authentic desires. So like, like I've literally had periods of my life where I was hanging out with friends, with people that I didn't even really hit it off with, but I felt like I needed to. I wasn't willing to acknowledge what was in me, in my heart, saying that this is not what I wanted, or it had been so long since I felt a spark of excitement that I forgot that that's what life is about, that I forgot that that was possible. I've gone years, and I may, I'm only telling you this because I, I want you to know that I really, if you're resonating with this, I know how you feel. I have gone years of my life without feeling that spark of excitement and I know many people on TikTok said the same thing um so yeah that's that's basically what it can feel like but if you just feel misaligned you feel out of alignment you don't feel like you may even look around and wonder like like even how your house is decorated like is it you and if not why not Um, so, well, we already talked a little bit about why not, um, which is maybe that anxiety that comes up when you, when you show up authentically as yourself. So one other thing I want to mention before we go on and talk about how to cultivate this sense of self is a severed sense of self-trust. So I just wanted to be sure to bring this up. And that is that when we grow up in an environment, we are, we are born connected to our authentic selves. We are born aligned with who we are. Just kind of like the name of my previous program that I'm still literally obsessed with this name, free to be. You were born free to be, free to be who you are. And when, however, when you showed up as who you were and that was rejected that was not accepted that was ridiculed that was belittled that was told it wasn't okay then you kind of have this severed sense of self-trust so you have your intuition inside of you and it's telling you what to do every day every moment all the time it's telling you where to go what to do who to talk to what to say just telling you to be you just being your authentic self but you are disconnected from that voice because your parenting or whoever your caregivers were or whoever you know maybe it was even bullies at school taught you that that voice could not be trusted because whenever you listen to that voice you were bullied ridiculed you were not accepted you were rejected told to be different and so what we have to do is we have to 
but rebuild that sense of trust with ourselves. And we'll talk right now about how to do that. So how to cultivate a sense of self. I'm going to go through a few steps here. Um, But the first thing you're going to do, and then I'll get into the steps, is we're going to start this with the small decisions in your life. Practice tuning in to your intuition and asking yourself the right decision for you for small things, like inconsequential things. Uh, like what you're going to order for lunch today or what you feel like wearing or go shopping and listen to your intuition. What do you feel like buying? What clothes do you feel are our reflection of who you are? Uh, Maybe what coffee drink to order or like what other things in daily life, like which route to take or, you know, like whatever it is you do. Um, ideas you want to bring up at work maybe like that may be kind of a bigger decision so you're going to start with the smaller decisions and then work your way up start with small inconsequential things and work your way up so the first step here of cultivating that connection with your sense of self is step one is awareness awareness recognizing that you are showing up inauthentically recognizing when you show up inauthentically what feeling start to tune into the feelings because that's what's going to tell you that's your roadmap so tune into that feeling inside and and start to become aware of when you're showing up inauthentically do you feel empty like i mentioned before do you feel lost uh do you feel numb angry resentful do you feel anxious start to recognize when you make a decision how does it feel like even when you like literally you're hanging out with your friends and then they're like hey you want to ride with me yeah sure i'll ride with you bam that like a little tiny decision how did it how does it feel does it feel right for you or not right for you and so start tuning into that so the feeling we are looking for when you make the the right decision for you is a little spark of excitement like i talked about earlier a little spark of excitement and it's going to be very very quiet in the beginning because you have your survival instinct has taught you to ignore that but now you're an adult you do not rely on other people to survive you can take care of you So now you can start to practice hearing that little spark or feeling that sense, that little sense of excitement. And it may not be like a huge excitement, not like excited you're going on a Disney World vacation or something. I don't know if that's your cup of tea. But like when I choose a decision that's not the right decision for me, I feel like flat. I feel nothing. Or sometimes I feel like viscerally my body feels like repellent repelled to that decision i feel like like you know like someone were to ask me to go to like heavy metal concert or something if that's your cup of tea you do you more more power to you not my cup of tea so someone asked me to do that like i feel like my body would just be like oh oh like it's kind of putting on the brakes or something Um, but if someone asked me to go to the concert that I went to last Saturday, which was Watch House, which is kind of like an indie, indie bluegrass, uh, folk music, then I would be like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I would feel excitement. And so uh, you probably know what that feels like, even if it's been a long time since you felt that, but it's a matter of following those things. So that's where step two comes in. Step two is reparenting. Yes, we're going to talk about reparenting. So reparenting is teaching your nervous system that you no longer need to hide who you are and soothing yourself through any anxiety that may come up when you express who you are. Soothing yourself and you do this, you do this physically and you do this verbally. So physically, I find the place in my body where I'm feeling discomfort and I literally just kind of soothe it gently with my hand. I can literally like kind of rub my arm just like a parent might do. 
there's other physical practices as well but i mean literally physically soothe soothe your own rub your own shoulder the way a parent would a child give yourself a hug those are all literally those are all proven scientifically proven proven i know they might look weird but they are scientifically proven to a hug hugging yourself releases oxytocin and oxytocin is the the love hormone the hormone that releases when someone loves us when someone else gives us a hug so physically soothe yourself and verbally soothe yourself tell yourself the things that you needed to hear back then tell yourself what a loving unconditionally loving parent would tell you in this moment if they were here and so soothe that anxiety and if you're feeling overwhelming anxiety when you make a decision then you you can maybe tone it tone it back and work with smaller steps getting out of your comfort zone you need to get out of your comfort zone little by little but not too much you know and soothe whatever anxiety comes up and tell yourself hey whatever a parent would say hey it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about your taste in shoes and clothes and music and expressing who you are in the book that you want to write in the career you want to switch to in the friends that you want to be with um in that you need to not be with this partner anymore and you need to pursue a different kind of relationship i mean whatever it is for you and you say it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks start to ask yourself do i approve of me do i approve of me not do other people approve of me and then step three is a big one and i want to spend some time here because this came up a lot in the comments on that post which was letting go of the outcome letting go of the outcome each of these by the way is a part of the reparenting you program and that we go deep into each of these steps and one of the steps is letting go of the outcome we cannot be aligned with who we are and also be aligned with other people's expectations of us at the same time so letting go of the outcome means being willing to understand that we can't control the outcome so for example some people commented and said hey whenever i show up authentically as me then people bully me and ridicule me and so i'm forced to go back kind of into my shell when you were a child you could not control who you were around particularly like your parents your caregivers you could not control you could not separate yourself from them and say hey you're being disrespectful of who i am i'm no longer going to tolerate that you were not in a position to do that however now you are the problem is not that other people ridicule us the problem is that we believe what they're saying and so when we let go of the outcome then we let go and understand that some people may not be happy with the decision that we're making and even though that might be hard it's okay it's a price i'm willing to pay because i will no longer abandon myself it's i'm not going to do it anymore it makes me feel like shit so i'm not going to do it anymore but what this might mean is that some people might get upset some people might get all up in arms they might say mean and rotten things to us that is a reflection of them they are being mean and rotten i'm not going to say that they're mean and rotten people i don't believe in that but they are choosing what really is that is happening is they're being triggered that's what's genuinely happening when people get angry it they're triggered they are upset it could be because the way that you were before was very convenient for them or like you were doing things for them that you didn't really want to do but you were willing to do it and it really helped them whatever that was whether maybe that's like shit talking between other uh, behind other people's backs or maybe it was helping them with all their problems and always picking up the phone whenever they're in crisis and they're always in crisis and bailing them out of jail or whatever it is you know um in many cases it's something smaller than that but yeah so one instant one reason they do this is because the way that you were was convenient for them and you are no longer 
going to be that way. So they are upset about that. That is a problem. They are adults. And now if that is their problem, then that is their problem to deal with, not yours. It's not your problem to solve. Um, Another reason why people get triggered when you show up authentically as yourself is because so many people, as I said before, are not showing up as their authentic selves. So you showing up authentically kind of reminds them that they are not. And so that triggers them. And that kind of makes them want to try to get you back to the level they were at because they feel more comfortable that way. And it reminds me of one thing that happened to me when I stopped drinking. So when I stopped drinking, I had some drinking buddies that I would go out with every weekend and on week, weeknights too sometimes. And we would drink together and we would party together till all hours of the night and day. And I remember the day that I came in, so they were one, this one, one woman was my roommate and my best friend. And I, I loved her to pieces. The basis of our relationship, however, was drinking. And so I came into the living room, I remember, and I said, Hey, um, I went out yesterday afternoon for a drink and I did not come back until this morning. Like, I think I have a problem and I think I'm going to stop drinking until I figure out how I can drink in a way that serves me because like this has gotten out of hand. And she said, oh my gosh, that's, you're not going to do that. Like immediately she was just like, no, Anna, have you met you? Like, you are not going to do that. Um, And it took a day or two for her to see that I was serious. Um, We had a party scheduled and I said, I'll go to the party, but um, I'm not going to drink. And she was like, yeah, right. So we went to the party. I didn't drink. And I think she started to realize that like her drinking buddy was no more. And I don't know, maybe this triggered her and maybe it made her think like, wow, if Anna has a problem drinking, then like I have a problem drinking because I'm right there with her. Like sure, we're drinking the same amount. Um, And maybe if Anna is feeling that way about herself, maybe Anna's feeling that way about me. I don't know what was going on through her head because she never told me and I'm not in her head. Um, And ultimately it wasn't my, I had my own problems to deal with. I was basically coming to terms with that I was an alcoholic and I had a problem and I wasn't even sure at that point if I was even going to be able to quit drinking. So that was a very scary time, but it wasn't just like I didn't have any energy to give her because I had my own problems. It was, I was an adult. I was doing what was right for me. That had repercussions for her life. Yes, but I was not responsible for how those repercussions made her feel. It was not my problem to solve. I didn't even know that at the time. And so she stopped talking to me and we haven't spoken since. I kid you not. I'm not even making this up. Um, We haven't spoken since. Not because of me. I really, she's a great person and I would, I wish that that wasn't the case. But that was the decision she made. And I had to let go of that outcome. I couldn't, um, I couldn't change my truth just because it upset her. I couldn't change my truth just so that we could be friends again. That's what it means to let go of the outcome. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it doesn't make you sad because it made me really sad. It was like a breakup. We were talking all the time, all day, every day. We lived in the same apartment. And um I was I was actually shortly already scheduled to like leave from that apartment so if you're wondering how that worked with she she never spoke to me again um I ended up moving not far not long after that but like I had to do what was right for me it doesn't mean that it wasn't hard for me but it meant that I stuck to my guns and I let go of the outcome I didn't try to I did reach out to her but I didn't beg her to be my friend again I didn't force her to be my friend again that's her choice you know, as a separate autonomous human, that was her choice. And so that's what we have to do. And something I meant to say earlier was that when we're an adult, 
we choose who we will be around. So when someone says the people people will just ridicule me or bully me or not accept me if I show up as my authentic self, so it's no use. You are an adult now. You are an adult now. And so that means you may need to get different friends. That means maybe that friendship with that person cannot happen right now. Maybe it will come back. Unlike my friendship with my drinking buddy, um, maybe it will come back. If it's meant to be, like maybe they'll come around and they will start to accept you the way that you are. But they will not accept your authentic self until you accept your authentic self. And so you have to be the first one to say, hey, I've got to be me. I've got to show up as me because not showing up as me creates too much pain for me and I'm not willing to abandon myself anymore. And then they may come around to that or they may not. They may bully and ridicule, in which case we exercise boundaries, which is, hey, I, I understand that you're frustrated, but I, I, can't, I, I can't be around someone who speaks to me that way. And then you mean it. So that is boundaries. So if these people are going to ridicule and treat you poorly when you show up as your authentic self, then it may very well be time to find a new group of people who accept you the way you are and who love you the way you are. And that may very well happen. Not necessarily. Oftentimes I've been surprised by people's responses when I say, hey, um, I think I'm going to do this. For example... Um, I think I'm going to become a life coach, which I originally started coaching in 2018. And I mean, that's something to tell people for sure. Um, whether last time or this time when I started coaching again. <laughs> so yeah, when you come out and say, hey, I, I think um, I am going to pursue becoming a life coach. And hey, I was worried about how people would react to that, but I wasn't going to let their reaction stop me from doing what my soul was telling me was the right thing to do. You will come when you follow these steps, you come back to yourself. You will come to value the company of your soul. You will come to understand that there is no loneliness like self-abandonment. And that even if you are alone, meaning you don't have others around you to support you, hopefully that's just a temporary situation. Because as you show up authentically, you will others will be attracted to you. People who are a fit for you, people who are aligned with you will be attracted to you and not just in a romantic way, although that too, but um, they will be magnetized to you because like attracts like. And so when you show up authentically, you will literally, people will just come out of the woodwork that you've never even met before. You're like, I've been to this place a thousand times. I've never met you. Maybe they were there, but you didn't see each other because that energy wasn't, the vibe wasn't aligned. But when you show up as a different person, you attract different people. And so, yeah, I was saying that hopefully being alone is a temporary situation that you may pass through. But when you are there for yourself, you are never alone. You are never alone when you are there for yourself. True loneliness is self-abandonment. And you can have lots and lots of friends. And I experienced this for many years. Have lots and lots of friends. But if I'm not there for myself, if I'm not showing up authentically, then I will still feel lonely. You might wonder, well, what if this person is a family member? I'm going to tell you, the same thing applies. In fact, unfortunately, particularly if you have emotionally immature parents, then it is common and it's not unheard of for families to not accept you as you are. And that's really unfortunate, but it happens. And you have to not abandon yourself at all costs. You have to be there for yourself no matter what and should you tolerate being treated poorly just because someone is related to you no even if it's your own mother so it doesn't mean that we 
decide, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you show up authentically as yourself. You say, hey, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. But I, I now only now have the courage to be that person. Then, you know, and if they have kind of a reaction to that, it doesn't mean you like immediately blot them out of your life unless you feel like that's the right decision for you. You may have reason to do that. But, you know, sometimes it takes people time to come around. But if they are violating your personal boundaries, then you can set a boundary. You can say, I'm sorry, that's not okay. I can understand that you're upset. I can understand this is going to take you some time to um, come to terms with this. It's a big change. So I, I have patience for that. But I can't be around you if you're going to speak to me like that. And then you decide what you are willing to tolerate. Don't be tempted to go back into your box, go back into your shell. Feeling expansive often feels uncomfortable. Being who we are is not always easy and it evolves. It's constantly evolving as well. And so, you know, you showing up as who you are, you might be like, whew, I'm good now. All right, glad that's over. The problem is <laughs> that it's always evolving. And so you never know what's down the road for you and you have to keep your, you've got to keep your finger on the gauge of, do I approve of me? Do I still approve of me? Am I still aligned with how I remember going back to those three steps of awareness? Awareness is that step of putting your finger on the gauge and being like, okay, am I still aligned with who I am? Am I still feeling good? Do I still have that excitement or have I kind of evolved and I, I have not really caught up to the new evolution of myself? You have to always be aware. Step two, reparenting. Soothing yourself, comforting yourself, being there for yourself through every transition. And then step three, letting go of the outcome, which is choosing yourself no matter what. Different outcomes may happen as a result. They are not your responsibility. If you are showing up authentically and being yourself, then those things may be very, very hard. But those, those things may need to happen. It makes me think of, controversial story here, makes me think of a documentary, docu-series I watched on um, Hulu. And it was about, I can't even remember the name of it. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes though. I'll look it up. But um, of two women, they were each married to men. So they were each married, not to each other, to men. They had children. They were members of the Mormon church. And much later in life, after being married, having families, they realized that they were gay and that they were in love with each other. So they each divorced their spouses and they married each other and they had these children and their husbands were devastated. So that's a, I'm just going to leave you with that kind of extreme. And I don't mean extreme in a bad way. I just mean like I can, I have goosebumps right now. Like I can only imagine how difficult that was for them to do. To, and just they knew their husbands would be devastated and but they had to do what was right for them it's never too late to do what's right for you and you may have to go through several barriers like they did I mean I just can't imagine the difficult conversations but what choice did they have what was the alternative the alternative was to continue living a life that they now knew was not right for them. And yeah, you could say, well, they should have thought of that sooner. They should have figured. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure they would agree with you. But they didn't. Because we only can have the level of awareness. We're innocence, you know. We are innocent. We are all doing the very best that we can with what we have. We cannot become aware of things that we are not ready to become aware of yet. And so all we can do is do the right thing today with the knowledge and the information and the tools that we now have. And so that is a very relevant and extreme example. I, I hope I'm never, I hope that my 
commitment to authenticity is never tested with such a difficult situation. But if it ever was, I hope that I would have the courage that they did to be who they really are instead of living the rest of their lives, living, being someone else. And generationally, maybe their children, some of their children may not understand, particularly because they were raised in, um, in the Mormon church, which has a history of a contentious relationship with uh, the LGBTQ, uh, you know, community, and I don't know if that's in their beliefs and all that. So, but I feel the message that that showed their children is to do, is to be authentically them, even when it's hard. Our job is not to not hurt anybody else. That may be a message that you learned growing up, but that's not your job. Your job is not walk through life and hurt as few people as possible. Obviously, we don't want to hurt people. It hurt my friend when I quit drinking. You know? Um, But it wasn't me that hurt her. You know? We have to, going back to codependency, which was my last episode, um, we have to recognize the boundary between two or more autonomous adults. Adults can take care, unlike children, adults can take care of themselves. Adults can solve their own problems. And that's what we learn in codependency healing is that I'm not responsible for other people's emotions and other people are not responsible for my emotions. And so I I feel the lesson that that couple taught their children is to be authentically you. Do right, do the right thing for you, even if it's hard. No one wants to hurt people, but when we show up authentically as ourselves, we're not intentionally hurting people. We are being true to who we are, and those outcomes are part of life. Disappointment, pain, um, relationships ending, not all relationships are meant to last forever. And when we contort ourselves and remain like a bonsai tree, um, just make keeping ourselves small so that that relationship can last forever then what's the cost of that you did not come to this earth for that you came to this earth to shine you came to this earth to shine and you can't do that when you put yourself in a box man that was some preaching there I'm so glad you're here. If you're listening to my voice, you made it. And thanks for listening today. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope this was relevant for your life. Um, Hit me up on social media. I am on Instagram and TikTok. I should have mentioned that earlier because I was talking about TikTok. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at my handle, which is at Anna E. Wickham. A-N-N-A-E, Wickham, W-I-C-K-H-A-M. So you can find me on TikTok there. You can find me on Instagram there. That's where I'm super active. You can also find me on YouTube there. Um, So hit me up there. Let me know your thoughts on this episode and uh, how this relates to your life. And yeah, I will see you soon. I'm so glad you joined me today. If this episode resonated with you and you'd like to help more people find this content, I would love it if you'd consider leaving a review. Take care always, and I'll see you next time.